Hey, welcome back to Books and Brooms. Uh, as always, I'm your host, the Above Average Joe, and I've got Mika and Lauren with me again. Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm Lauren again, longtime Harry Potter fan. For those who haven't, for those of you who haven't seen the show before, and uh, bearing in mind we're talking about tropes this week, my favourite trope I think is um, probably time travel and or soul bonds. Actually. Ooh. Awesome. Uh, Mika, what was yours? So, I mean, I'm a writer. Um, I write under the pen name Untold Harmony. And for those who've probably read my fix, they would definitely know that my favorite trope is alternate universe. So that just means you can write what you like, basically. Basically. <laughs> post Hogwarts alternate universe. If you haven't guessed it, this episode is dedicated to harmony fiction. Uh, specifically, we're going to talk about tropes that are common in most Harmony media, whether it's fanfics, even some fan art to a degree, but there are a lot of common tropes and concepts that are recurrent throughout various fiction. For me, uh, I'd probably say one of my favorite ones is, honestly, it, it centers around Neville, um, either swapping him out for Ron or bringing him closer into the group as a whole. I really like seeing Neville brought further into the circle. Mm. I, to be fair, I also like when they make him Harry's, what they call, godbrother. Like when Lily is Neville's godmother and Alice is um, Harry's. Is Alice being Harry's actually canon? Do you know? I, I don't know. I don't believe they've, it's been confirmed. I have no idea. Fair enough. So, so let's talk about some common tropes in the Harmony fandom. There's a lot of, a lot of characters in the Wizarding World and a lot of characters specifically just in the Hogwarts era of storytelling. So like, what are some common themes that you guys see in, in fix, maybe stuff that you've used yourselves or fix that you've, where you've seen it done well, maybe fix where you've seen them done in not the best fashion. <laughs> uh, I take start. Uh, so my, I think one of my favorite uh, tropes to read and this might come as a surprise to a lot, but I just really like Lord Harry tropes and obviously not over the top Lord Harry tropes, but those that are done well and it shows, well, basically it kind of starts with Sirius raising him up um, and, you know, him learning of his heritage through that by being brought up by the Black family. And one of my favorite fics is actually the Black Book by uh, Most Everyone's Mad. It also has a sequel now, which I'm anticipating every chapter for but I think it just goes through the Lord Harry trope really well and also the additional trope of you know Harry being raised as like a black and having like a really cool and supportive black family instead of what we see in canon. Hmm. Can you send me the link to that because I haven't read that one. <laughs> it's one of my um, favorite fakes so I would definitely recommend that to you. Um, one of my favorite ones for that kind of thing actually is um a marauder's plan um mm -hmm. which i love um also came out of the darkness is another one for that um one that i do quite like is actually um the whole goblins helping harry thing um mm -hmm. is one that i do quite like um and also um there's a fic which is part of the reptilia 28 don't fear the reaper challenge where harry sort of gets resurrected but he gets to keep his memories because he's on his last chance kind of thing um and he can be so so bad to hermione but he doesn't have to be blah 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 all that kind of stuff um one of the ones that i think does that really well is um the afterlife ink harry potter and the afterlife ink by dunwellos i i'm probably saying that wrong but i'm trying um <laughs> So um, it's not so much on the Lord Harry thing, but it is, you know, um, the goblins being helpful um, and, um, you know, sticking to the human because they've been so oppressed and blah, 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 mm -hmm. um, which is one that I, I do enjoy. Um, the other one that seems to have disappeared, actually, is um, when various characters are is the founders and that can mean all sorts of different things there are so many tropes i like and you know as long as it's not the sort of dark and depressing stuff i will read pretty much anything to be honest that's true um it's funny we mentioned the uh the lord potter thing 
as we were getting ready to record this episode and uh, how it can be done both well and, and not so well. And there was a fic that I was trying to find the name of, the one that just kind of called it out when it's being misused. It is called Yule Ball Drama. It does some hilarious things with the Lord Potter concept and its various misuses. I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's it's fun. It goes completely off base in a lot of in a lot of directions. That's kind of what makes it so enjoyable. Yeah, Joe, can you send me that again, please? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of can you send me that dot dot dot. Um, we'll, def- we'll definitely get all the any specific fix that we uh, reference in this episode. We'll get the links posted for them. So some other common tricks that I've seen a lot in Harmony Fiction. It's one, there's you know helpful slash supportive McGonagall. How do we feel about that? I think it, I think it's not unrealistic but i prefer the ones where they have a reason why she wasn't as supportive as she might have been in the earlier book so whether it's because she's been potioned or charmed or she wasn't allowed to tell him because of some family there was something i read where she was james's godmother but wasn't allowed to tell harry because then she could have been accused of bias and you know that kind of thing which to be fair you can see but still it's sort of yes, but kind of thing. Yeah, I think a lot of those either live or die by their by the story's own internal continuity. I've seen a lot of fix where they'll they'll use that ploy and it'll fall apart later on because they didn't set it up appropriately. Yeah, the other one that I am seeing a lot of, especially in Harmony Fix these days, and especially with the sort of time travelly ones or you know the soul soul. Um, soul-bound ones and all that kind of thing is um, manipula- manipulative old bastard Dumbledore. So, or, you know, the greater good is more important or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he can be, he can, he can either be manipulative or he can be misguided or, you know, he's been alive so long he's forgotten he's human kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've seen a lot of that here in recent years and don't get me wrong, Dumbledore is definitely flawed. Uh, I, I think there tends to be a lot of uh, pushing in the wrong direction in, in regards to that, like how we're going to define manipulative versus misguided. There, there's a lot of noise in that where the people will want to juxtapose one for the other and it doesn't always work. And I usually see like a supportive um, McGonagall in contrast to a manipulative Dumbledore. I'm just thinking specifically of the Cupboard series by Stargon here. And in like, you know, in, in those seven fix, we see like a very manipulative Dumbledore, but we have McGonagall who's kind of like the new champion for, for the students um, as they go through the school. And she's kind of like Dumbledore's foe. And she's kind of like this person that they now turn to and you know their new hero and guide and guidance and whatnot so yeah it's usually like when, when I see a supportive McGonagall most often than not there's usually a manipulative Dumbledore right behind her. Yeah or if it's I was gonna say if it's not McGonagall playing the foe role it will either be Flitwick or um, mm-hmm. Flitwick or um, Professor Sprout sorry I went blank there. I, I do um, it'll be one of the heads of the other houses. Honestly, as a, a a support character for the uh, the enhanced McGonagall role, I tend to see her a lot with Poppy, <laughs> Mrs. Pomfrey. Mm. I, I tend to see that a lot, and yeah, I, 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 I don't dislike where... it. It's just it's just one of those random ways where, or you know, or you know, if stuff has happened to Harry, whether it's abuse or potions or whatever. And Madame Pomfrey has or has not picked up on it and therefore is either um, unaware or she's been charmed or potioned or whatever. She seemed, she also seems, I think people aren't quite as, I think the school nurse works differently or maybe they're assuming that she's actually a healer and therefore a qualified doctor or whatever. Or mm-hmm. I think they're assuming a level of medical knowledge in the British school system that isn't necessarily there. Speaking yeah, and there's a lot of those snarky, break, you know, that are that are left so undefined, which is kind of what makes fan fiction fun because you get to play with those roles. But also, mm. when, you're, when you're trying to 
build on something that really isn't there foundationally it can make a character seem really unstable which is what i see a lot happen to the idea of manipulative dumbledore and a, a lot of things that things that get done with and to the weasleys yeah mm. actually um this is possibly going to be slightly um polarizing but somebody who i think actually has recently done that well is actually robst in his fic um proud parents where they found out that you know Ginny did not get the support that she should have done after the events of the chamber of secrets um because Dumbledore told Molly not to and because Dumbledore is God she didn't and because they were you know building their new school outside of the UK spoilers they came under the Italian duty of care system and foster you know trying to think child safety system and actually um, Ginny ends up being fostered by Madame Pomfrey which I thought was interesting and a slight a slightly different take, but not a very different take, if that makes sense. Um, as opposed to the ones that we've seen before, where you know she get she's either in on it or she get. Um, I think an original Rob's version of that fic had Ginny being adopted by Harry and Hermione, which is just creepy, and um, which is something you do occasionally see, or you know, not adopt like not adopted as in a daughter, but like she gets made a sister of Harry which is or you know part of the the house of Potter um so it's just a bit yeah yeah there are definitely some some out there tropes that exist in in fandom obviously um some can be taken well, to yeah, far the far extreme the um Lord Potter needing a wife for every title which Speaking of somebody who actually knows the proper royal protocol for the British aristocracy and all that, I can tell you for free, does not work like that. <laughs> She's actually downplaying this previously to actually recording. There was a whole rant involved. It was... I wouldn't call it a rant, but let me tell you, I if, um, if you want me to explain it, I'm sure Joe can record me um, explaining it in great detail, but I'm sure you don't want to listen to that. We'll do that as a, as a special episode at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the people who've got slightly too much time on their hands. Listen, we're sitting here talking about Harry Potter fan fiction. I think it's accepted that we have too much time on our hands. That's what alcohol's for. <clears throat> I, I, I wouldn't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I would never drink while podcasting. Anyway. Same way I wouldn't. So um, let's talk for a bit about character bashing because this is a, a concept that transcends fan fiction and really goes into the fandom itself and i want i want to to define character bashing as a unwarranted or unexplained pounding of a character it's it's one thing if you're going to sit there and make you know dumbledore being manipulative a story element versus just i want to make him an asshole because i don't like him and this this happens a lot to a bunch of characters unfortunately it's kind of like the dark side of the harmony fandom where there's a lot of expected bashing of Jenny and Ron and some other characters because they were the the opposing ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, there are people who just lump the Weasleys all in together, which I do object to. Ron, I think, is possibly fair. Ginny, again, possibly fair. Molly, possibly fair. Percy, possibly fair. Gredenforge, no. Charlie, no. Arthur, no. And Bill, Leave no. Arthur alone. That boy is, he, he is, he is innocent. And Let's face it, he's married to Molly. That's <laughs> enough punishment in itself. That's bad enough. Just, just leave, leave my man Arthur alone. There are actually people who argue that, there are people who potentially argue that Arthur was potioned into marrying Molly in the first place, bearing in mind the conversation that Hermione and Ginny had with Molly at the beginning of Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, I, I can see it. I, I, I don't said necessarily it was arguable, agree with not it, believable. Because... Sorry, go ahead. I was saying it was arguable, not believable. Granted. So, some, char- some examples of character bashing that occur, unfortunately, within the Harmony fandom, and this is not to say they only occur in this fandom, they occur in other fandoms as well, but 
you see a lot of things like manipulative Jenny or, or, or they'll just make Jenny a straight up bitch. <laughs> uh, there's a lot. Fair, of, there's a certain amount of that. There's a certain amount of canon for that. If you bear in mind things like um, Half-Blood Prince and the beginning of Deathly Hallows, the way she treats Fleur is not okay. Yeah, but I think that's more parroting learned behavior because Molly's equally vitriolic in those instances. I'm talking about way out there moments where like Ginny goes full on. If I can't have him, no one will <laughs> and tries to kill Harry, like just batshit moments of, of character like, where, where writers have gone out of the way to make a character just completely unlikable. That's what I would define as character bashing and not necessarily storyline development. Yeah. Like personally, I'm not a big fan of character bashing and like, I get it if it's in line with a plot of your story. Like you say, from Manipulative Ginny, like if she's like the ex-girlfriend of Harry Potter or something and she's been scorned because he he dumped her for Hermione, then I would understand if you write her as someone very vindictive and vengeful and I wouldn't consider that character bashing. But then if like if she's just, like if she has those traits with no reasonable like explanation as to why she has those traits and also when we see like her or Hermione being straight up rude to her or like calling her names or something like that to add on to the bashing then that's something that I don't really like to read and I think it's also kind of out of character for her and Hermione to do. The other thing is do you count as do you count things like Horcrux residue or you know not getting the help from after Chamber of Secrets that she probably needs because let's face it, having Voldemort in your head is going to fuck you up. I'm sorry, it is. It's going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you bear in mind that I don't know what you Harry's- mean. Harry seemed to go through it just fine. Oh yeah, sure. <coughs> Order of the Phoenix. <coughs> oh oh oh, low blow. Try to keep the gloves up. Um. So you know. Um. Or actually, some of Ron. <coughs> some. Of Ron's behavior um, in Deathly Hallows could probably be attributed to Horcrux residue from the locket, but only some. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of picks up on where Michael was going, where is as long as there's a foundational explanation for the behavior and it's not just thrown in there, that is not character bashing. That is, you know, an, an inherent part of your your plot line. Yeah. Well, it could be character development, considering J.K.R. doesn't do very much of it for Ginny, certainly in the books. Uh, But we know very little about Ginny, certainly in terms of canon. Um, Some of it, some of what we we know is basically she's a female Harry, and some of it is word of God it, I think, isn't it? Actually, I think some of the canon stuff on Pottermore kind of implies that she maybe has hit Harry a couple of times. Sorry, hit Harry? Yeah, there's one Pottermore article where they talk about Harry carrying, he's got a new scar on his face, and it Somebody Which implies that maybe his to him. personal history is just not okay. Oh god, I didn't even know that. Yeah, Shit. out of all the things on Pottermore, that's just stuff, pissed me off. <laughs> Oopsie, sorry guys. Uh, I, I, I apparently I broke Lauren. Okay. No, you just drove me to drink again. I don't know what you're talking about. I wouldn't do that. Of course not. <laughs> anyway, so some other common. I won't necessarily say that they're negative tropes but they're but they're definitely more common elements that show up throughout various fictions one is what i what i will call is the accelerated um draco redemption where (laughs) they'll 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 start that process a little earlier and sometimes it works really well uh sometimes it, it, it stumbles because maybe they didn't let him get to a get to a point where he required you know that much redemption are we talking about Draco and Leather Pants again? Do what? There was um, a thing, oh god, a few years back, where um, the lass who wrote The Mortal Instrument, um, it, the, the Mortal Instrument started out life as a Harry, Hermione, Draco um, fanfic. Um, I can't remember if it was a triad or just a love triangle, but that started a whole trope, um, or certainly a thing that became known as Draco and the Draco and the Pants. Google it. Uh, no, it's just more of 
the 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 gradual redemption uh, of Draco Malfoy as a character, obviously splitting him from the Death Eater faction. Um, I, I've seen some fix where it's done, you know, t- throughout sixth year and not necessarily tacked on towards the events of Deathly Hallows. I've seen other fix where it's done even even earlier. Um, it's one of those tools that's that's risky because you've got to let the character get to a certain point where he requires redemption. Otherwise, it seems like a, a total inversion of the character and doesn't really work. Or actually, what some of the time travel ones do, um, one of the things that actually came out of the darkness does really well is it stops him before it, he needs redemption in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a bit like Marauder's Plan does as well, actually. Um, so there are some time travel fix who do that really well and possibly... Um, I. I've seen one that instead of Ron, you had Draco, which sort of worked, but didn't. Or if you've got Neville in there, adds him in as part of a larger group where Harry makes friends in other houses, which I think does work a lot better. I, I would agree. There's a fic that I'm, I, I'm, I'm reading right now called uh, What Hermione Wants, What Harry Needs, and I'll make sure to post the link to it here. It manages to somehow cover every trope that I both love and dislike with equal measure. <laughs> it, I was going to say, considering I sent you a load when we first met, how many of those have you actually read, if any? God, I've got a list that I'm like scratching them off on, so I'll have to go find that. The only reason I've got this one in front of me is because I actually have the ff.net app on my phone, and it makes it easier to read. That's the one thing I have an issue with with AO3 is that it doesn't have a native app. Just trying to do that on a mobile. Well, I, I didn't think the ff.net app was native. I thought somebody else had developed it, because certainly when it first started, it was very, very... Buggy and it's, dodgy, it's gotten better, and uh, now that I think it's, I think the new owners of uh, FF.net have kind of redeveloped it. It's much, it functions much more in line with the, the site itself. I was going to say, like I said, I know when it was first started, I didn't think it was anything to do with FF.net, and it was dodgy AF. I yeah, think no, it's this, worth saying it. This works much better. Um, but this, this particular story manages to tackle a lot of things. It, it, it tackles you know, bonkers Jenny and in in a kind of way makes Ron uh, almost a victim of, of the of the Jenny bashing. It's really interesting. Okay, like, that's interesting. Because it's kind of like he's caught in this whole web of events and he's like, but it was my sister, but also I didn't want to. I'm just, God, everything sucks. Yeah, and also, let's face it, if his mom's in on it, it's very difficult to argue with Molly. And, and that's kind of where it is, where it's like, it's, it's all Molly and Jenny driven and and Ron's just kind of being dragged along to the point where like Herring and Hermione are like, look, we're pissed, but also, okay, that sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it, I mean, what it brings Neville close. When it comes to Weasley bash, I was just going to say, when it comes to Weasley bashing, certainly the ones that the most annoy me are the ones where supposedly everybody's in on it just because Ginny wants it and Ginny gets it. And it's sort of like, oh, go forth and multiply. I think is the polite way of saying it. Um, just no. I can't be doing with that. Or, you know, I can understand maybe Percy being in on it, but Fred and George, no. Bill and Charlie, most of the time, aren't at Hogwarts and have nothing to do with Harry and Hermione and aren't going to care. Yeah, Billy, Bill and Charlie are, are too far removed to be involved in anything unless it specifically involves them. <laughs> Actually, that's one of the things that I have seen a lot of. Um, in thing, specifically in Marauder's Plan, actually, and also a couple of ones where Harry calls in a life debt for the whole Chamber of Secret thing with Ginny, and then the way they repay it is by having Bill work with some curse-breaking team or, you know, Horcrux-hunting team um, to try That's and sort out that whole thing. That's really interesting. Definitely, uh, I think you sent me that one already, so I'll have to go back and take a look. Well, it's certainly a thing in Roger's um, plan um, that I know of, and I've seen that a couple of times. Um, but so like, that's... like sorry. we mentioned earlier that usually for Weasley bashing, we usually lump all the Weasleys together. But actually, Joe, like you made a comment that you know because Bill and Charlie are so far removed, it's it's hard to lump them into that. And I kind of agree because I'm thinking of a specific uh, one fix specifically, and that's like Harry Potter and. Uh, I think it's the soulmate bond by Kira Marcos. And basically, obviously there's, there's a lot of Ginny and Ron bashing in there, but Bill was kind of portrayed as this character who is like 
the the good like the only good thing of the Weasley families I guess like he was there to rein Ginny in and rein Ron in and he was like Harry's only good tie to the Weasley family afterwards because like you say he's so far removed from everything that he wasn't really influenced by Ron, Ginny or Molly because of that. I was just thinking actually um, I was just thinking of there's a fic that hasn't been updated in ages and I wish it would be which is um, Muggle Summer Wizards Fall which actually has I think most of the Weasleys being nice we don't I can't remember seeing Bill or Charlie in it, but you do see Ron, Gredden Forge, um, Percy's a bad guy, and then most of the rest of the rest of the Weasleys we don't see. And something I do wish more people would do is um, making the most of Harry and Hermione, you know, using their Muggle roots. So whether it's going to the Muggle government or the Queen, the Queen seems to be a fairly popular one actually. Because um, they seem to think that she might be in charge of the Wizengamot and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's one you do see quite often. And uh, can be done well, but can also be done terribly. Well, I, I think that's true of pretty much every possible trope. Like, there's there's ways to what execute trope? it beautifully, and then there's ways to, to stumble. Um, going back to the thing I recommended earlier, the, um, the Yule Ball drama, that makes brilliant use of the, you know, Molly and Ginny were manipulative and the rest of the Weasleys are kind of victims of it. Okay. Not going to get into in-depth spoilers, but events occur and you see how that affects Arthur and Fred and George and Bill and Charlie and even Ron to an extent. It it actually is pretty well done. So some other tropes that I've, I've noticed uh, especially here in, in recent years is the inclusion of, of, sister relationships and what i mean by that is secondary relationships that are brought under the um, the umbrella of harmony or triads actually is the other one that i see as well which i see triads a lot um i I have yet to find a triad fic that i think made it work well Mm. i don't read i don't read them because it's not my thing but i have heard of um luna harmony fix working quite well which you can sort of see but only sort of like I said, it's not my bag, but certainly that kind of thing seems to go along with the sort of Lord Potter thing as well, the sort of wife per title. Yeah, and I think that's where we start getting into those kind of accepted levels of, of fan-in continuity. Uh, we mentioned that kind of previously in our, our first episode where you said, like, talking about Sirius never having been convicted, that's kind of one of those accepted pieces of fan-in lore. And again, I think Harry having more... In- like Harry having either whether it's um, an order of men or whatever, but Harry having some sort of recognition because of the whole boy who lived thing when he was 18 months old seems to be an accepted fan and thing, whether it's, you know, an order of Merlin or a, maybe he gets a lordship through the Potters or, you know, being heir of Gryffindor or, um, you know, this, or the other one that actually came up was Harry and friends being, heirs of various houses at Hogwarts, which seems to have disappeared, actually. Uh, yeah, was I, one I that think, was popular for a long time. I, I think that one kind of, I won't say played itself out, but became, it, it got lessened once the overall Harry Potter fandom accepted the idea that Harry, Ron, and Hermione represent, or are supposed to represent the other individual houses. Uh, so that well, I was going to say, I wouldn't, I was going to say Hermione's the sort of Ravenclaw, but I would not call, I wouldn't call Ro- Hermione's Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. I'm not sure I call Ron that Slytherin. Harry's more Slytherin than Ron is. No, I would say Ron was the Slytherin. I would say that earlier, like I said, books one through three, Ron was intended to be the, the, the Hufflepuff parallel. Uh, but again, I think that lost track when, well, everything happened. Mm. The other thing, actually, it does sort of slightly mirror, actually thinking about it, in terms of fandom in general, um, is actually the original Star Trek trio of Spock, Bones, and Kirk, thinking about it. Because you've got the coldly intellectual one, you've got the fly-off-the-temper-explode-everything one, and then you've got the one in the middle. Can't think of anybody like that. Good enough. Uh, so here's here's a, a couple of things I want to discuss here is 
some of the, I guess you can say tropes in Potentia, some ideas that have been introduced in a handful of fix that possibly could grow into something more. One of which it for me is um, Daphne Greengrass. This is a character that has become more and more popular over the last couple of years to be used in various roles. I just have to sigh when I hear Daphne Greengrass. <laughs> Why? What, what's, what's your feeling? I mean, <laughs> it's just, she, she has no character, I think, right? And that's basically the appeal of writing Daphne because she's basically a blank slate in canon and therefore you can write her however way you want in your fan fiction. And isn't it that the only mention of her is in relation to Hermione too? Like she, what is it, Granger, Greengrass? So she was right after Hermione, right? And I think this was during, is it Owls, correct if I'm wrong? And her name was called after Hermione and that was the only mention of Daphne Greengrass in all of Harry Potter. And yet, uh, you know, she became she's... this huge phenomenon that she is right now. I think she's also yeah, referenced other- slightly because of uh, Cursed Child with Astoria being <laughs> married to Draco. Mm-hmm. I, I think that kind yeah, of yeah. some resurgent presence. Yeah, I was going to say, the other one who's a bit like that is, uh, well, I was going to say there's several. You've got um, Millicent Bulstrode, um, who seems to be, um, I've seen several fics where she ends up with either Ron, potentially, or Victor Crumb, actually, was another one. Um, Because again, the only things we know about her is she's a Slytherin in Harry's year, and I think it was her that had cats because that was um, that was how Hermione got cat hair from second year. Those are pretty much the only things we know about her. Um, The only things we know about Padma Patil is that she's the twin sister of Parvati. Parvati. Sorry, I may have missed pronounce that but you know again we know nothing about her we know very little about Hannah Abbott we know very little about Susan Bones which makes it a lot easier to write them with for example Neville actually we don't know very much about them apart from in the second year they're friends with Ernie McMillan, Justin Finch, Fletchley, they're Hufflepuffs and they're a bit gossipy but considering they're you know 12 year olds that's sort of a given. Mm-hmm. But I think the appeal with Daphne specifically is that she's a Slytherin and, you know, people like to read about the enemies to lovers trope. And so we have Harry Potter who is in Gryffindor and the obvious enemy is obviously someone from Slytherin. And if you don't like shipping Jerry, then, you know, I guess you can have like Pansy in there too, but Pansy Parkinson is not nearly as nice to hear as Daphne Greengrass, right? So I think I that's kind great. of why she, you know, Happy became such a big deal recently. Yeah, and also the other thing is that the, if you're going to go with the Lord Harry thing, she's quite a useful person. Because she's in Slytherin, it's assumed that either her dad's got a title, she's got a title somewhere in the family, so she can teach Harry all the pure, pure blood shit that he potentially wasn't taught that he should have been which is another appeal to her so i want to talk for a second about some some of the other tropes that for that get involved in the the supporting characters in a lot of harmony fic um there's the obvious one that Sirius survives that one i've always had kind of mixed feelings on um what are your guys thoughts on it I'm a big fan of that one. And I think that's be- simply because I want Harry to have that family that he never really had for the Dursleys. And, you know, Sirius was his godfather. And, like, he's the closest ties that he had with his birth parents. Besides and- Remus. Besides Remus, sure. But even then, like, usually when you have Sirius, like, Remus is there too. But if you think canonically either, like, Remus didn't really show up until the third book. And then he kind of, disappeared in Goblet of Fire so even Remus is a little questionable and Mm. it just seems like Sirius has a closer connection with Harry and I like including that in fix simply because like I said it's like a support for Harry right like he's he's family he's the godfather and I like to imagine Sirius as this fun and playful marauder albeit flawed and obviously has his own traumas from being in Azkaban for so long but Mm. yeah he's like uh, like I, I, I picture him as like this breath of fresh air that is just there for Harry yeah also, another one that we see quite a lot, actually, is Cedric lives, because I think that 
fucks Harry up a, up a lot more than he he or anybody else is prepared to admit, and certainly shown in canon. Because um, I actually had I'm involved with the Air Training Corps, which is kind of the equivalent for the JROTC in the states, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's themed through the Air Force. And um, I had one of my cadets die of an asthma attack when she was aged about 14. And that mm. screwed me up. So Harry seeing that at 14, that his older acquaintance, sort of friend slash acquaintance slash rival. So mm-hmm. seeing him just get cut down like that is going to screw him up. Yeah, and one thing I will I will say about the fandom is we tend to be respectful of the the necessary level of trauma for Harry. Very rarely do you see fix in which both survive or both die. <laughs> it's usually one or the other. Oh, I've seen quite a few where Cedric and Sirius survive. Yeah, but, but they're usually just... traded they're usually traded off for someone else. Yeah, but somebody bad who doesn't matter. So whether that's you know Death Eaters or Unbitch or fudge, actually. It's usually traded off for somebody who doesn't matter, I suppose is what I mean. So let's talk for a second about maybe tropes that we would like to see. Elements that we've used ourselves in our writings or maybe wanted to use and never really could figure out how. What are some things that you've always wanted to see brought to life? Well, what I'd like to see more is, uh, we've touched upon this earlier too, and I mentioned the Black Book, but basically just more fix about the Black family being involved in Harry's life. Like, there's so many characters there, and I feel like there's so much potential to, you know, transform that into a wonderful fix. And yeah, like, I, again, I just like the idea of Harry, like, having this family, like, from the very beginning as, as he grows up and not being stuck with the jerseys. Well actually have if bearing in mind, depending on who you ask, Sirius being Harry's godfather could be oath bound, could be blood bound, could be various mm-hmm. different things. So you could potentially, um, depending on what Sirius's mother did to Andromeda, you could potentially have the Thompsons take him in and just have Nymphadora there as as the big sister, which I think actually would be quite good for Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we talked about like, you know, a very quick Draco redemption. And again, this is me just, you know, praising the Black Book. But in, in that fic particularly, Draco was kind of brought into as like part of the extended Black family because of obviously Narcissa's um, relation to Sirius. So you see them grow up with each other in that fic. And Neville kind of factors in as well because um, of his Longbottom um, relation with the Black family too. So, you know, from their beginning, you have like Harry, Neville, and Draco, and they're kind of like these cousins that all just grew up together, and it's just a wonderfully executed thing. I do think a Marauder's Plan does that quite well as well, actually, mm-hmm. um, because you've got um, the, the Malfoys and the Blacks are sort of brought in. Um, Ron is there because Ron is Harry's best friend, but he sort of, he gets feels... He feels that he gets shoved to the side with all the Lord stuff, but then actually his family have a chat with him about it and sort of actually talk about his issues with being overshadowed and they deal with it in a healthy manner, which is something I do really like about that Mm -hmm. thing. Another one that I do actually, I would like to see more of, um, although I'm not sure about that particular iteration, is um, Dunuelos has got a series of fix called the lone traveler where um a harry from an alternate universe but an even more screwed up one than the canon one um tries to do a time travel spell but it gets screwed up so he ends up going from universe to universe to universe um and there's one fic that he did where the lone traveler who was sort of this legend like merlin in in their in their books uh, ends up visiting fudge and actually making him into a decent minister so mm-hmm. i think actually that's something i would like to see more of is actual besides unbitch who i don't think can be redeemed but you know competent <laughs> politicians apart from amelia bones potentially because mm-hmm. she's pretty much the only one that you ever see as being you know able to do their job properly yeah and i don't think 
Scrimger was used well enough to give him any kind of implication. Otherwise, he was just kind of thrown into this already tumultuous situation. I, I have seen Fix where he's been used really, really well, but definitely Amelia tends yeah. to be the, the go-to competent character within the mission within the ministry. Another trope that I'd like to see more of is um, like Harry or Hermione not being sorted into Gryffindor. And I, I, you know, there's only a handful of fics like that that I've read. And I think it just adds like a very different dynamic to the story, especially because like what we've said in, you know, the first episode that Harry and Hermione's relationship, we love it so much because it started out so organically, right? Like they were friends from the very beginning and then you see their relationships grow throughout the years. But then what happens if that wasn't the case? You know, like what if Harry wasn't Slytherin or Hermione is in Ravenclaw and they just, they didn't have, exactly. Exactly. Like, what if they just didn't have that foundational relationship? And, you know, going like a stretch forward, it's like, what if they weren't even friends to begin with, and yet still going to the same school? So I like those are facts that definitely want to read more of. I was gonna say, them not being friends for me doesn't sort of puts me off. Because for me, that's not Harry and Hermione. That's just two completely different characters. That's just, for me, they need to be at least friends to start with in order for them to be Harry and Hermione because they wouldn't be the people that we know them to be if they aren't friends, if that makes sense. I, that's fair to say, but then could a prerequisite of that be because they were sorted into the same house too? Like it would definitely have been easier for them to be friends, right? And if you think that- well, we say that, that, but then they didn't become friends until after, you know, obviously the whole troll thing. and. Part of the reason that Harry remembered Hermione at all, potentially, was because of his saving people thing. Yeah, that's true. But it's just arguable. I don't necessarily believe it, but it's certainly a thought that occurred to me. I, I think, yeah, but it just uh, seems like Hogwarts, though, has very, like, the houses are just very big cliques. At least that's kind of how I took it at first, because you don't really see a lot of interhouse friendships or interactions um or if I mean, you do it's only dating so. exactly like you know there's there's so, like harry and cho sure and then harry cedric and luna and i think cedric and cho but there's there's not much within like the core group like even for harry you know he only really interacts with like i said luna and cho and sure cedric from different houses but not anyone else so that just makes me wonder that if they're really sorted into different houses like her and hermione then perhaps their friendship wouldn't come as easily like they would still know of each other would still be acquaintances but they might not be the best of friends that we know them today i think that approach is kind of the ultimate challenge to the fandom itself it's like we, we center on this idea of it being an organic relationship. Could it still happen if we remove that facet? Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's not typically my thing to go for it, but I, I've read a couple of fics where it was really well done. Well, the other one that sort of helps with that, which um, I did see a lot of, again, a few years back, but it seems to have petered off again, or maybe that's just a fanfic I'm reading, is where they start, you know, doing interhouse um study groups or you know common rooms or you know things like that which is actually something that uh, as well as being a time travel fic and covers the era of the founders thing quite well um does quite well is um 30 minutes that changed everything by radislav um so that um covers that whole thing very well and also covers the thing of they go to school in another country, in this case, Japan, and learn a whole load of, quotes forbidden magic, magic, which is only forbidden because it stops the um, British people being sheeple. So that's, again, another concept that I find interesting to explore is when they learn music, uh, learn magic from other countries, whether it's, you know, the US or Africa or Asia or mm-hmm. even Europe, where they've got less backwards laws. Okay, so there's one last real trope that I want to talk about in this episode, and that is the Grangers. Their, their use as characters, even the, the, their, their naming, because in terms of canon, all we know them as is Mr. and Mrs. Granger. We have no actual first names for them. There's, say the common one 
is Dan, Dan and Emma, which is just too, too meta, I think is the phrase. Yeah. That tends to be the, the prevailing naming convention. Um, but I want to talk about their... Helen seems to be another common one for Mrs. Granger, actually, for some reason. I want to talk for a second about their relationship with Harry and, and their views on Harry and Hermione. There, there tends to be the, this balance point where Mrs. Granger kind of sees the inherent good in Harry and Mr. Granger just kind of stops at, that's a penis that's close to my daughter. <laughs> the, there are a certain amount of fics that do expand on that. And there are some fics where both Grangers, but particularly Mr. Granger, are a bit wary because some of the stories that Hermione's told them about Harry's home life has them wary because people from abused homes don't necessarily have healthy relationships when they grow up. Um, there's also some that have certainly Mr. Granger um, judge Harry on his clothes and basically be a massive snob. Um, but also there's a load that actually have them taking him in because they're dentists and it's duty of care and they're already in the muggle world and therefore they're convenient in terms of guardians for Harry in the muggle world that aren't the Dursley. Yeah, I, I would agree. I've seen both of those. I think the one that's usually the most jarring for me, it, and it, it's, it's all dependent on what they know, on what Hermione has told them about the goings on. Uh, of Hogwarts mm -hmm. and that's what kind of makes the idea of the Grangers and Harmony Fiction a, a bit of a minefield because you're weighing you know a, a, a counterintuitive sense of reality where it's like well they know everything Hermione's talked about she's gushed about Harry but they're also like okay but if they knew everything Hermione wouldn't have been back after first year exactly yeah so you've got to so kind of navigate. I think it's a case of the best ones I find um, Hermione has told them some but not all or she's phrased it in such a way that it doesn't sound as bad. Yeah and okay. I don't think that's really such a far stretch though because like you know obviously like there were teenagers at that time like you would keep some stuff from your parents right and, and bear in mind the done... amount of stuff that <laughs> exactly. went on she would exactly. have probably kept 75% of it from her parents let's be honest. Yeah and that actually reminds me of one fic. Um, it's Hermione Granger and the Goblet of Fire, when basically it revolves around Hermione being the one chosen um, as a Hogwarts champion to partake in the Triwizard Tournament. And she told her parents about that. And they got involved, you know, they tried to get her out of that, out of that magical vow, I guess, of participating. And they actually involved like Muggle Means in there. I think they even got a lawyer invo involved too. But basically at the very end, like there was, there was a, I, sh I, I should have said, this is spoiler alert, but basically Hermione was kind of given a choice that like, you can, you can either not participate, but that comes, uh, the price for that is you losing your magic. And you know, her, her parents were kind of telling her that, no, you know, you're going to, you know, lose your life if you participate in this stupid tournament. So it's fine if you just lose your magic. But obviously, her, uh, Hermione doesn't go for that option. So I think it definitely is, like I said, it's, it's not such a stretch to think that Hermione wouldn't tell her parents about what's going on in Hogwarts, because they're muggles, right? Like they wouldn't understand like the magic and the intricacies and even the politics involved in her new world and they might force her to not come back anymore. That's actually something that I think in Can't Have It Both Ways by Rops that he actually does quite well, where Dumbledore goes to the Grangers and phrase and sort of plays on words in such a way that he makes it sound an awful lot worse than it is and also potentially put spells on the Grangers which again if you've got a manipul manipulative old bastard Dumbledore happens more often than not especially if they get betrothed or you know get around marriage contract or whatever it is mm -hmm. is you know getting the Grangers involved so um, that's something that I do think Robs does quite well in the oh this Lordling has done this and Hermione's now living with him, blah, blah, blah. 
conveniently missing out the fact that it's Harry that they've heard all about since first year. So I think that is something that he does handle quite well in that fic, personally. Uh, the last fic I want to recommend here, uh, just because I think it's done the the most balanced approach to the Grangers, is... I know it's 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 a hot button fic <laughs> in the fandom right now, but um, always and forever, it's there. There's there's some storylines in it that have been troublesome. That even the author admits that there's been some issue there. But it does, from my from my perspective, give the most balanced approach to the Grangers, both from the duty of care aspect, from the being left out of it because they're muggles and this is a magical <laughs> in the events of a magical world the the practical elements uh, of parenthood i feel like they're all covered with equal measure in this fic but with that gang i think that pretty much wraps us up for our second episode here on fan fiction tropes uh we're gonna have some cool stuff coming there's up there's so much more we could talk about so oh, yeah. let's leave that for another time <laughs> uh stay stay tuned next month we're going to start actually having some interviews with fanfic authors so you'll get a bit of a peek behind the curtain and how the creative process works yeah i was gonna say and if you want to join the harmony discord which i'm sure joe will link in the uh, doobly-doo um then we do have quite a few brilliant fanfic authors besides mika um on there so i think we've got people like um Invieri, who does a very actually does a very good um, Lord Potterfic, um, isn't it something like a how um, uh, the most the most noble and ancient house of Potter? Yes, that one. Um, so that's very good. We've also got the Quinn and um, a few other people mm-hmm. in the court. Yeah, and we also and we... discuss a lot of fan fiction tropes actually <laughs> in the Discord as well. Another another shout out to Mika because she's actually beta the first couple of chapters of my fic that I'm still very in development on. But uh, all right, gang, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Tune in next time. Thanks very much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Books and Brooms is a HMS Harmony production released in association with Hall of Justice. Music and themes by James O'Dell. Books and Brooms is a fan experience not intended to infringe upon existing trademarks. All works are the property of their original creators. Harry Potter, created by J.K. Rowling. Wizarding World characters and associated media are copyright of Warner Brothers Entertainment, all rights reserved.